Hello and welcome to Spouse. My name is Josie and together with my husband, Will... <laughs> you just you just mouthed your name like no, I didn't, didn't know it. Why are you spending so so long saying it? Well, we are going to be discussing the often thorny issue of marriage and long-term relationships through the prism of iconic couples through history. Yeah, these are couples that everyone's heard of, yep. that we all have different perceptions of. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do research, I'm going to look into them, I'm going to... That's get... Will's job, incidentally. He works in TV, comes up with documentary ideas, research is his gig. Whereas I am more of just the mouthpiece in, in this, on this occasion, with some opinions. Lots of opinions, I think. Uh, yeah, but all valid well. and very well informed. Maybe. And then during the actual recording of the podcast, I will reveal to Josie who that couple is. And that is one of my favourite features of the podcast, Spouse. I don't know which couple we're going to be looking at, at any, on a, on, in any given episode. And we will then talk about them and explore what they might mean Big. to us individually and from the notes that I've got, what we might learn from them. And I'd like to learn from them. Learn from. I'd them. like to. I'd like this. I'd like to be to be bettered. Bettered. At the end of this experience. Okay, so shall I reveal who this week's yes. couple is? Yes, I'm excited to hear. Okay, let's go. Please, so, the jeopardy is palpable. Okay, let's see if you can guess. So this week's couple. Ooh, yep. We have once dressed up as <gasps> Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Boom! Oh, I wish I hadn't got it right first time. It seems like a fix. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, have we ever dressed up as another couple? Um, at a party, dress, by the way. I party. think we dressed as a couple from the Royal Tannenbaums once. Are we allowed fictional no, couples? No, they were friends of ours. John and Megan. Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, I wish that was us. That was a anyway, really cool, fancy dress. So, Bonnie and Clyde. Yes! Let's go back to them. Okay, That's so cool. Just, They're real. So, first impressions, what do you think of Bonnie and Clyde as a couple? Um... Well, see, I don't know the difference between Bonnie and Clyde from the film and Bonnie and Clyde, the real-life ones. In the film, they were obviously ridiculously glamorous and a bit dysfunctional, but quite cool, whereas I imagine in real life they were kind of wreckheads, were they? Yeah. Cool. Total wreckheads, yeah. But the whole point I've picked them is because, you know, you look up to couples often and you see the best sides of them yeah and even at the time that bonnie and clyde in real life in the early 1930s were going about their business they were their business stealing stuff and killing way more yeah really bad stuff yeah they were glamorized in the press Mm -hmm. and people were they at the time yeah completely they were like the first public enemies during the prohibition era and Mm. the great depression and they Although it's soured. I mean, they started off, and it's an interesting story, and we're going to go into it. Oh, good. But they started off as this, as this kind of Robin Hood couple. Right. And people... Did they um, give to the poor? No, but they were kind of... <laughs> That's si- the main thing that Robin Hood did. No, but the, the, okay, so, so the background is, basically, they came from Texas in America during the Great Depression. Right. And one of the historians mm. says that Bonnie came from possibly the worst slum in America at the time. Wow. And Clyde was just down the road, but also 
from a slum. Right. And it was... What, what was a slum in those days, do you know? Is it like we'd imagine, like, a shanty town or, like, a trailer park or, like, what? Well, the, you know no, I mean? it's the Great Depression, so there's no money anywhere. Right. Clyde's family owned a gas station. Oh, you think he'd be pretty... But in a very poor part of town, and he had lots of... Siblings. Siblings. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but both of them had lots of crime in their, in their background. But essentially... The whole of America at the time was under this Great Depression. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they became symbols through their kind of recklessness and their fight for freedom of um, poor people. Was it a fight for freedom? Was it just. Well, no, literally it was. Yeah, literally it was because. What were they freeing themselves from? Well, if they'd been caught. Oh, I see. They would have been put to death. Yeah, okay, fair dues. I think the thing that is really fascinating now is that from a modern perspective, the first thing we both heard of it was the, the film with Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. And Fade in a way? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Knowledge. We see that first and then I've gone back and I've researched it. So mm. it's very difficult to, when I think of Clyde, mm. I think of Warren Beatty. He's obviously cool and he looked cool in the film. He's sharp. Really sharp. Whereas in fact... Um, quite a few of the people that he ran with in the Barrow Gang, as Ooh. they were called, Clyde Barrow, um, said he was very different to the Warren Beatty and actually that life on the run in a Ford V8 at the time during the 1930s without air conditioning yeah. in the summer was not glamorous whatsoever. Right. Um, but at the heart of it was this couple. Mm-hmm. And Were they actually a couple? They were together in real life. They were a couple. However, I must say... First episode of Spouse, and they weren't actually a spouse. But weirdly, and I was quite surprised at this. Were they not? They didn't get married. She died with a wedding ring on her finger. But it wasn't to him. Scandal. And this goes, going back to the poverty, her husband was in jail. Right. For For, bad behaviour. Theft, definitely. Right. A couple of sources said he was also a killer. And this is going to get us onto a little bit... Further down the line, we're going to talk about Bonnie being attracted to killers bad and boys. murders. But the ultimate bad boy is actually written in my note. Wow. Um, so Bonnie grew up in this slum in um, Texas, West Dallas. Will's got actual real-life notes. I've got some notes. He's a total professional. Um, All I've got is a glass of wine. Yeah, so basically she grew up in this town. She's very clever, mm-hmm. wants to be an actress, wants to be a poet. So was she attractive then? Uh, attractive, yeah, I've got some pictures, yeah. She was Ooh. very little, but attractive. Um, very clever, always wanted to break out of where she mm-hmm. grew up, but was also told from a very early age that nobody in her slum breaks out. So she starts down a life of crime, because at that time there's no jobs, Yeah. there's no hope, Wow. and therefore the, the exciting people are the ones who are taking things for themselves, breaking the law, reacting against the Great Depression. And See, this is where she meets or is attracted to her first husband. See, to my mind, I know we've said in the film they were super glamorous and super cool and slick and stuff, whereas in real life they weren't. To my mind, if she was like, oh, I'm going to be an actress, oh, no, that's not going to work right, I'm just going to take it. I know that's morally wrong, but there's something quite cool about that, isn't there? There's kind of a bit of a lure of like, wow, she is empowered. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about the two of them is that they were both 
some of their actions. Mm. You know, th- this isn't just a, your average couple who did a bit of crime and didn't work out. They yeah. are the most famous crime couple ever. Mm. So there's obviously... Yeah. Yeah, so there's something really dynamic about them as a couple, but also dynamic as individuals. Right. And when they came together, they kind of created this legend, which means that mm. 80 years on, we're sat here doing a podcast about them. Bonnie, at the age of 16, <sighs> she wants all these things. She meets this... Um, she was 16. 16 when she met her first husband. Oh, right. Um, and she had um, a tattoo on the inside of her right thigh. Wow. With two interconnected hearts, one Bonnie and one Roy, because the first person... Bonnie and Roy. Roy. Yeah, lovely. Think of what could have been <laughs> in a parallel universe. <laughs> Warren Beatty plays Roy. And, and, I mean, I don't know about... I kind of I haven't checked this out, but at the time I kind of... Are tattoos that normal? I mean, they are now, but uh, you kind of think 1930s tattoos aren't necessarily... It's like the domain of the sailor in that, yeah, at that possibly. point, you'd think, wouldn't you? At the same time, Clyde, who comes from similar part of town, similar poverty, mm-hmm. wants to join the Navy oh. to such an extent, because he knows he needs to get away from his yeah, life, yeah, yeah. to such an extent that he gets tattooed, he gets a Navy tattoo before he gets accepted... And doesn't get accepted into the Navy, but what? is walking around with a Navy tattoo. So, As ve- in, he thought he had to get a tattoo to be accepted no, that's, into the Navy, no, or no. that's how committed that, he was? Yeah, that's how much He wanted to wanted, be in the Navy. He wanted to get away. So these are people wow. who are, you know... Just some, desperate for an out. Desperate for an out. So desperate that they will... They will get random tattoos. So these are two people who seem quite... You know, they're on the front foot the whole time. They're going to go out and they're going to grab stuff. Now, both of them flirt with crime. It's horrible, actually. What happens to Clyde is he is put away for some for a car theft and he goes to this horrible prison called Eastern Prison. Uh, while he's in there, Clyde gets sexually assaulted by um, an inmate. I'm not sure if that's full rape, but oh, I don't know no. that matters. Was it Roy? No, it wasn't Roy. He, he did go to that particular prison. It was the local Nick, but... That would be a oh, crazy love triangle, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it... But it didn't happen, mm. and that's clear to make that point. <laughs> and um, he then... And that changes him. So I've got a really good quote which says that while he was in prison, he right. changed from schoolboy to a um, a devil rat, somebody says. Wow. So in his eyes, they're just this, this... He changes. He's quite small as well. He's not a big guy. He's very intense. He's, very, he's a control freak. So... He organises with a lifer, so somebody's in there for life, to yeah. kill his, the guy who sexually assaulted him, and does. So that's when he first kills. He gets a taste for blood. Well, if you no, I don't think he ever has a taste of blood, actually. What he has is, if it's him versus somebody else, he's going to kill. Right. From the off. Right. Without any hesitation. And then, it's so bad that he wants to get out, so... He needs to get to hospital. So he chops off two toes. <gasps> no way. To get out of that prison. Which or to, not even to get out. I don't, I don't know. Good well, point. That's... Probably not his big toes. No, not the most But he did have a limp for the rest of his life. Wow. But that's the kind of person he is. I mean, he is somebody who's going to chop All off two. All or nothing. Yeah, somebody assaults him, he kills him. He wants to get out of normal prison duty. He chops chop off, off two toes. toes. When he gets out... He wants to get a job. He can't get a job. So he starts to pull together a gang, the Barrow Gang, and they do some light crimes. Um, (laughs) 
And I don't think it's that... Dim- like a Diet Coke of a crime. Yeah, kind of. And this is when Bonnie meets him. Can I, can I ask you? Yeah. Okay, so it, was he attractive as well? I know I, I'm seeming a bit superficial here, but, you know, you said he was small. Do you want to see a, a picture? And, we'll yeah. put this up on the website. Yes, I, yes, I would. Oh. It's... I, I think mean, he's okay. It's hard to say when, when you see olden day pictures and they've got, like, weird hair. Well, I think it? he's all right, though. I think he's kind of... In black and white. Yeah, he doesn't look... I mean, he's the leader of the gang. He's so, going to be charismatic, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and at this point, Bonnie's mum... Yeah, this is how good yeah. my research is. This I'm is quite really impressed. good. You've so, got a whole family tree. Bonnie's mum, who uh, is called Emma Parker... Classic. Classic. Lovely. Uh, she writes at the time, Bonnie was learning the jargon of gangdom and striving desperately to fit into it and become part of it. There seemed to be a strange and terrifying change taking place in the mind of my child. Wow. Now, obviously, at this point... Scary. Yeah, so she's already been married to this guy, Roy, um, from the age of 16. Mm -hmm. But now she meets Clyde and she hangs around with his gang. And her mum can see that this is getting worse. Yeah. And that's because of the hold that Clyde, I think, has on her. And some people who, at the time, say that there is a kind of love at first sight type they're very attracted to each other Mm. now i read earlier from um a guy called wd jones who's one of the people who hangs around with the gang for a very long time but who clyde has known since um wd jones was was a kid right Uh, previously clyde has had a girlfriend Uh who he apparently got in the family way (gasps) and she then moved away so this is so so he also, he wasn't married, but he also had a relationship before Bonnie. Right. However... So neither of them are pristine. They're not... Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And, you know... Um, and, you know... What did that mean? I don't know. I lost it a little bit. <laughs> um, it's because we're talking about S-E-X. Hymens. <laughs> hymens. Don't whisper the word hymen. So... Carry on, please, with history. So, Bonnie so. joins Clyde's gang. Right. They're doing, you know, I think they're... Is she a fully-fledged member or is she like a hanger-on, like a floozy and a groupie? This is a very debated point. Thank you. Although I think there is an answer. However, she, at this point, is taking part in certain things. It's just car theft and things like that. And she actually... Just car theft. Just car theft. We've all all taken a car. All they've done is steal cars. I think in the Great Depression, you know... A lot of cars going round. Probably not, actually, that many cars. But the security probably quite low. Yeah, good point. So... Bonnie gets arrested and goes to jail. Right. And the whole time she thinks of Clyde and they are kind of... Well, maybe not every single... Lyrical. Thank you. Uh, Well, do you know what? Okay, lyrical, she's a poet. Inside, she writes poems and many of them are to do with Clyde. Wow. And so she's obsessed with him. Are they good? Have you read any? I've got one, but I'm not sure the one I've got to hand is... It's quite famous. It's the story of suicide, the ballad of Bonnie and Clyde. Wow. I think at that point, um, that's written afterwards. Sounds fun. Well, uh, it's definitely kind of a case, I think, actually, for both of them. And this is maybe not to be unexpected considering their background there's, there's always an air of tragedy to these people yeah no, when are they getting back together this is my point because well it's bonnie comes to be about them, their relationship Sorry, yeah. not them being apart so bonnie comes back he's already on the run mm-hmm. and they kind of stay on the run for the next two years mm-hmm. and that's when their relationship kind of begins so, and right. properly but they never have really have a home they never really have a place that they can 
Now, this is going to sound ridiculous, but that is a very kind of bonding thing to happen. And the ridiculous bit is, I'm thinking about before we got our first flat together and when it wasn't ready, and we were loitering around on people's sofas. And I'm not saying we were like Bonnie and Clyde on the run, but we didn't have have like an anchor. And it was quite stressful. Yeah, I mean, I've actually, one of my notes, a bit like Ultimate Bad Boy, is stress fucking. What? Are we swearing on the podcast? <laughs> what do you mean? Stress fucking. So don't say, don't. I don't think we are. We can, we can beep. What about um, Auntie Charlotte? We can beep. Um, that is when two people, because they're in a dangerous situation, you've seen it in countless bad movies. Do you know what speed yeah. Classic example. Two people in... Extreme situations. In a stressful situation, they're brought mm. together. Mm. Um, I've never I, heard it called stress effing before. Well, it might not be, but I've, you know, it should Coined. be. Coined. And so, yeah, they're in this situation. Having said that, a lot of the time they're spent with other people yeah. in a Ford... V8, I think the car was called. It's like when we went on that road trip around America. Yeah, and you can't... We've done that, and you can't always be at it, can you? So Hardly at all. No. So I think they've got this very stressful situation. You're right, and that bonds you. Mm. And at the same time, they're not in a comfortable situation. There's always other people around. And so it must be quite a... Well, I don't know. I mean, how would you feel if it's like you're either with me or you're not? I, do you know what? I, I, I wonder if being right on the edge of, like, life, basically, because if they got caught, you know, they'd be put to death. Well, not Bonnie to start with, but yeah. But in the end, I mean, she gets ensconced in it, doesn't she? And probably so that they're in the same boat, I'd imagine. Be like, oh, well, you know, if they've got this epic love thing going on and then... He's going to be put to death. She may, she'd be like, oh, I want to be in the same boat. Let's let's go down together kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and their poem, the poem that she writes, is called The Story of Suicide. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and the last, the last, can I read, shall I read the last verse? Please do. Some day... Can you, wait, wait, wait. Can you put a kind of Bonnie, deep south voice on? No. Right. Some day they'll go down together and they'll bury them side by side. To few it'll be grief, to the law a relief. But it's the death. But it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. That's quite nice. So it? she always it's knew. So it's almost depressing. like yeah. In a way, they've all they've kind of living through like a terminal illness together. Yeah. But they're on the run, and, and I bet they felt incredibly alive. I bet like their perspective on things was pretty. I mean, in some ways, really bad. They were killing people, but their perspective. I mean, they didn't have any kind of nonsense running the house. Paying bills, you know, all that boring kind of... Ad- they didn't have a lot of admin, probably, did they? Well, I mean, I think they probably... Had, I mean, let's go back to feeling alive. And I right. think when you're first in love with somebody, yeah. that's what love makes you feel. And it kind of lifts, you know, love lifts me up where we belong. Oh, my God. No, but I do. I think that they probably got... Apps- you apps- about eagles, please? I can't sing. don't know the lyrics. It's about something to do with Okay, I think Ewan McGregor sung it in a, in a film once, yeah? He did. That wasn't the original. No. I, yeah. It was a film. It was Milan Rouge. Yeah. Carry on. So, so I think they've got the, this dual thing going on that they feel very alive. They're very young. The world they come from, there's no opportunities. And mm. suddenly they, they find each other. Away they go. But at the same time, they might not have housework, but they're living quite often 
in a car. Um, smelling bad. Smelling bad. Uh, you know, some sometimes apparently he's. They think that they drove one thousand miles in twenty four hours because they had to outrun the police. Oh my god! Um, so that's the kind of a thousand miles in twenty four hours. How fast can you go in an in an olden days car? Well, the thing about that Bo- isn't about marriage. <laughs> that was just an incidental <laughs> question. It was true. Well, one reason that, and actually one reason why Bonnie was attracted to Clyde and not Roy in the end was <laughs> was <laughs> Roy. Poor Roy. Um, was Clyde was. Incredible. I mean, he kind of knew technology, so he went and got the best car that he could have, right. which meant that he could always outrun the police, who didn't have the best cars. Wow. So he's against these policemen at the time. It's not a national police force, it's just state. Oh. They're getting paid about $15, and they use their own cars. He so only they're ever... they're going to bother. Not, well, and he's probably going to kill them if... They bother, but his car, he only ever steals the best Ford cars. Not which, Ford car... No, K-A, K-A. not like we to be have. clear. You have. So he only ever steals them so he can outrun them. Can you imagine Bonnie and Clyde in a Ford car? K-A. Ka, yeah. Ka, Ka. hello. Be funny. Um, so, yeah, so he's... And, and then he goes and gets the best guns. He, they rob military facilities to get the best guns. So he can out... God, it sounds like the whole out- of America was just ripe for the picking. Like, no security on anything. Just like, I want that one got it well i mean i think to an extent but but a lot of people got caught quite quickly whereas clyde was incredible at what he was doing are you in love with clyde no but you think he stayed ahead of people and he you know for a long time and um and bonnie probably saw that and liked the fact that he was what do you think he saw in her it sounds like he was like no prisoners um, pretty savvy, you know, um, pretty kind of domineering, you know, ladies love that. It sounds like she was kind of an actress and, like, had a racy tattoo. What else do you think she had going for her? Oh, a poet also. Men love poetry. I think she, from, you know, what I could tell, she was, you know, game. and Game? No, because That's... I think a lot of girls at the time... Wouldn't have got married at 16. And she's obviously very sharp. She's very intelligent. Her poetry is good. What makes you think that? Because of her parents? And because of, um, you know... Because she managed to snare Roy. Some of the information that I'm getting, we've got the couple of accounts from this W.D. Jones, the Playboy um, interview that he did in 1968, Mm. where he says that Clyde was always in control. He decided. He drove most of the time. Right. But there were times when Bonnie would just tell him to... Step up. Step up and sort himself out. Oh, you know, right. they, they You know, they drank together. Yeah. Uh, even though it's prohibition, they drank together, and Aww. she could control him at times. You can't see them running around robbing banks and munitions. And worrying about Warehouse and being like, oh, no, we shouldn't drink. No. It's, you're not meant to. <laughs> yeah, come on. Anyway, so... so... So I think he saw in her a woman who was kind of, to put it cheesily, after his own heart, would, would, be, yeah. would stay with him. I don't think him. that's cheesy. Going back to what you were talking about before, the, the, the poem and the end and the, what's it called, the suicide thing, mm. there was never any chance of them having a long life together, was there? I think that they could have probably stopped doing what they were doing so they could have gone and gone and hit. Yeah, I That's think, where people go, I think they probably could have. I think that one thing that 
people dispute is that actually they didn't do many big bank jobs. Right. What they did do was small gas stations, grocery stores. So sometimes they were getting like $10 a time. Right. They weren't doing like a million dollar heists. It wasn't like the great train robbery. No, so they were like never that. really, really rich. But then what happened was, um, so at one point they uh, stopped off at this place called Joplin, which is a town in America, in a state, I have no idea where. Somewhere. Wisconsin, Missouri, not sure. And they holed up and they had a camera. And I don't know where they got the camera from, but they, they suddenly, at some point, they got raided by local police who thought they were raiding bootleggers. They ran away really quickly. And I think maybe one of the policemen or two of the policemen got shot. Right. But, not sure about that, but what the policemen did find was they had to leave their belongings Oh. And in their belongings, they found an undeveloped roll of film. And in that film uh, were uh, all these uh, photographs, one of which you just saw, right. of the gang, Bonnie and Clyde and... Having a lark. Uh, larking around. And there's a picture of Bonnie on a bonnet of a car with a cigar in her mouth. I think that's quite famous, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it... Yeah, They're that's all really the one famous photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly, the press had these images. Now, beforehand, there right. wasn't much photography. The press suddenly had these images of these... People, and this is the Great Depression, remember, these are people who've broken out of their homes, they've got away from prison, and they are apparently living, living large. A, yeah, living large. Yeah. And so there's this huge kind of um, fetishization of them, and they become icons at the time. And everybody, and it seems to be that like half of the population love them and half the population hate them. Right. And they drive around, and by now they're quite famous, so they're putting on wigs and stuff like that to go wow. around. Bonnie's dyeing her hair. Clyde is dressing up as a woman, which leads to some of his critics saying he's homosexual to try and kind of... Mm -hmm. But um, they kind of become such big celebrities that I think it slowly becomes harder for them to... To give up. Yeah. To go straight. To go straight, if they ever wanted to. And I don't know if they ever did. I don't know what the opportunity... And like I say, they never had a big score which would have set them up. I wonder if it would be one of those things that if they did go straight, they'd kind of be like, ah, shall we break Yeah, I think they were damaged people. Yeah, and, and they, they so needed that, it. Yeah. Then what happened, they're having sex and they're drinking <gasps> and making love. Thank you. And two policemen see them, don't know who they are, come along and then, according to the press, completely, they just wanted to see what these couple are up to. They just kill the police. Oh, my God. And they kind of start to become more hated and loved. Right. Now, actually, that's disputed. Apparently, it wasn't them. It was one of their gang members who decided to who was new to it, Right. who shot them. But the press suddenly go, Bonnie and Clyde, they're cop killers, and they lose all sympathy. Yeah. And that's when it kind of turns, and at this point the FBI get involved and want to bring them down. Okay. Um, That's a completely different story, but actually the the capturing of Bonnie and Clyde and Bonnie and Clyde going from state to state to escape the police Mm -hmm. is still this age where if they leave the state line, they can't, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's Um, mad. So it becomes this huge thing for people to capture them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, you know, Clyde is killing people if he has to. So he does kill a lot of people. He's I'm not a nice man. Give me a ballpark. Uh, Again, 14, is... 14 lives. Oh. Including quite... Well, I thought uh, it was going to be more. That's quite a lot. I know, it's a lot. And he, wound, and, and he wounds a lot of people. Oh, well, okay. That's something. Is 14 not enough? <laughs> I just thought it was going to be more. I don't know why. Well, that's quite. That's like way above serial killer level. How many people do you think it takes to be a serial killer? Five. I think it's three unconnected people. 
Oh, right. So okay. if you, like, kill your family... This has got no. nothing to do with marriage. <laughs> well, no. it could do if you kill your family. Oh, my God. No. People listening are going to be concerned about my welfare. Um, so, in terms of the, the format, Will, go back to the format of the podcast spouse. We've discussed their relationship. They weren't married, which I think is a bit of a cheat on your part, but I'll let it slide because it, it was quite interesting learning about them. But what do you think are the three lessons that you and I can learn from Bolly and Clyde and their relationship? We can come up with them together. I don't okay. need to put you on the spot. I mean, I think one of the most interesting things about any relationship is how you view others mm-hmm. and how you kind of say, you know, you might watch Romeo and Juliet and you get rid of the suicide at the end, sorry about the spoiler, and you think, <gasps> wow, that's an incredible relationship, whereas in fact no one's ever going to be that... I don't think that about Romeo and Juliet. What do that's you think? another point. Well, they were really young, weren't they? It's just, it was just they were, they were silly and weird. But it's like my so-called life. They were just like... Hormonal, crazy kids. Well, so were Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, they were 23 when they died. Were they 23? Yeah. Wow. Golly, that's crackers. Yeah, they were really young. They had that intensity, um, which I think you get with teenage love. And And killers, probably quite intense people. Yeah. Okay, so wait, what's your point? What's your first lesson that we can learn? I think that the perception, you know, because of the film, glamorised that relationship, whereas in fact I think it was probably a lot tougher than we think but having said that they were still a couple that they wanted to die together and they did die together and they wanted to be buried together and that was their wish no they weren't allowed. Oh. they weren't allowed to be buried together her mother wouldn't allow it but that's sad so I think it's kind of at one time they have this intensity of their love mm-hmm. but it, it does actually see them through doesn't it it's not just flash in the pan yeah and that's why people glamorise it but at the same time one it could be a mental disorder that <laughs> she likes really bad boys. nothing says I love you like a mental disorder and two it certainly wasn't sweetness the whole time no so wait what was the lesson I'm going to push you hard on this because you the lesson is um, be careful how you perceive other couples and relationships and whether you think if you think they're the perfect so couple they, or not okay so they, it seems like everything's rosy, but remember, when you're looking at your own relationship, that what seems pretty... Yeah, it's like if you go for dinner with a couple and they're like, they seem to be getting on, and you come home and you go, oh, they talk much better than we talk. Yeah. And you go, well, yeah, maybe, but, you know. But maybe... That's a long game they have. They kill people. <laughs> maybe they, you know... Maybe she's got a tattoo for someone called Roy on her thigh. Oh, my God. Okay, what about you? What lesson do you think? One of the things that struck me as you were talking, and and I guess this is true for any relationship, but at the start, it was quite superficial things that attracted them to each other. So, you know, she was probably quite attractive, wanted to be an actress, quite glamorous. He was charismatic in his own right. But then actually, when push came to shove and when they were actually in a relationship together and undergoing some really serious ordeals... um. They had something a lot more serious that had grown beneath that superficial attraction. Do you know what I mean? They stuck together. It was really powerful. Yeah, they stuck together. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What's yours? What's number three? I think the the last one is the ultimate bad boy. And, you know, whether you... You just like saying that. Oh, yeah. But it's like when I always, before I met you, I was worried that I was too nice a person to attract girls. And, and uh, you know, 
infamously, if you were at our wedding, you once called me a church mouse for not approaching you. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, generally, do girls like bad boys? <laughs> that could be That's not thing. a lesson. No, a lesson from marriage. Do you want me to be badder? <laughs> yeah. Shall I wash up less? <gasps> no. What do you, okay, so what is an attractive level of badness? Um... Yeah, maybe I don't want a bad boy after all. I'm just trying to think of anything bad boyish. I think so. I quite like it when you take the when you take the the piss out of me. Actually, but that's I think, not really bad boy, is it? No, but, but not not just being like, oh, petals, hello. I think some couples we know like it when there's a little bit of oh god, he's done that again. I think they kind of revel in that. What in kind of dis- disapproving of each other? Yeah, and that's the kind of oh, he's done that again. So it's not always. Well, she's done that. I think some couples quite like that, and I don't know if we necessarily did. Okay. Okay. So, no, I don't want you to be more of a bad boy. Thank you. Okay, I won't be. Fine, great. After this, I'll get you a drink. I think. <laughs> Go and research another couple, please. Yeah, I will. How smooth is that as a link to join us next time? Yep, thank you very much for listening. Oh, no, you should do this bit. You go. I've already said, join us next no, you time. Need to, no, you need to end it for properly. a brand new iconic couple. Thanks for joining us for Bonnie and Clyde. It's been very real. Bye.